in your bulletin, there should be an insert. And uh, I don't know if everybody's would be the same color that's green. And if you'll pull that as, as green or light, I can't tell which one that is. But anyway, that's what it looks like, okay? And the heading on it is 40 days from resurrection to ascension. Please pull that out. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. Let me document where this came from, okay? And it was easier. Fran and I talked about it. Uh, it was easier just to pull this straight out of the book. I hope I hadn't done anything illegal because I didn't mean to. I think anytime we can learn more about the Word of God, it will be a blessing to us. But this is out of the Bible Knowledge Commentary. And just wanted to, again, give credit to this. Um, but we'll look at this in just a few minutes, okay? Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, I thank you that you are here and that you are alive and that you want to speak to our hearts. Lord, we're so grateful for your word that has stood the test of time and even of critics in a skeptical and unbelieving world. And Father, we are not here to belittle others who don't believe the word, but we are here as believers to learn the word and allow it to speak to our hearts and minds so that as we are in a world of unbelievers, we might share the love of Jesus Christ with them. Father, I pray that we'll be fed today from your word. Lord, I'm not praying for a good and nice and interesting sermon, but I'm praying, Lord, that the word of God will speak to every heart that's here. And I pray, Lord, that we'll open our hearts and minds to let you speak to us about the resurrection, its reality, and what it means. Be honored and glorified, risen Lord. Amen. Let me read again Acts chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. If you'd like to follow along, it's going to be on the overhead, okay? In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commandment through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. To them he presented himself alive after his passion by many proofs appearing to them 40 days and speaking of the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he charged them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but before many days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know times or seasons which the Father has fixed by his own authority, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And when he had said this, as they were looking on, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes, and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. Let me quick, quickly summarize last week, okay? And again, I hope I can do this quickly. If you weren't here last week, we started a series about what happened after the resurrection of Jesus. Because so often, just like when Christmas is over, we forget about the birth of Jesus and all the promises of history that God would send his son. 
And so often, after Easter, we kind of put the resurrection of Jesus aside until next Easter. But folks, the resurrection of Jesus is so important. Let me give you four reasons. Without the resurrection, Jesus is a liar or was a liar. Secondly, the resurrection is at the heart of the gospel. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 5, 15, 3 and 4, Christ died for our sins, he was buried, he was raised on the third day. And also, Paul wrote that if Christ is not raised from the dead, and this is found in 1 Corinthians 15, 14 and 19, I'm just going to summarize. If Christ is not raised, our preaching is in vain, our faith is in vain. We're found to be misrepresenting God. Our faith is futile. We are still in our sins. If Jesus is not raised from the dead, you and I do not have salvation because he was, he was not the Son of God. If he was not raised from the dead, we're still in our sins. Those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. And Paul says we are of all men most to be pitied. But in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, Paul writes, But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. And also, if Jesus is not raised from the dead, then you and I as a church, we're in a mess. And not only our church, but the church of every generation. Our church's spiritual power is dependent upon the resurrected Lord. The work before each church is so heavy in its demands that nothing short of the power of the risen Christ could equip the church. Our church would die without the presence of the living Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit. And if Jesus is not raised from the dead, then you and I do not have a message. Listen to what Romans 10.9 says. Because if you confess with your lips that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. If Jesus was not raised from the dead, then the church would be speechless. A dead Jesus would mean that we have no spiritual power, no message, no mission plan, no divine presence directing the work. But because Jesus is alive, he walks with us, he empowers us, he guides us, he forgives us, and he fills us with his power to do his work. But folks, with all that said, did everybody in Jesus' day believe that he was raised from the dead? And we got on this last week just as we were closing, and folks, the truth of the matter is, no, they did not. After the resurrection, and look at this on the PowerPoint, we're going, I want to just give you some examples of the first reactions of the disciples, not just the 11 apostles, but those, many of those that have been following Jesus. Number one, the, the disciples were fearful and hid from the Jews. That's John 20, verses 19 to 21. The two disciples on the road to Emmaus were sad and without hope because to them Jesus was dead and he was gone. That was an expression my mother used to say, dead and gone, dead and gone. Jesus would have been dead and gone. To Thomas, the doubter, the seven disciples are going back to their previous employment. You'll notice we had these on the screen last week, so I'm not going to read the scriptures again. But folks, look at E. After his resurrection, how many people were truly following Jesus? And let me read to you Acts chapter 1, verse 15. In those days, Peter stood up among the brethren. The company of persons was in all about 120. And folks, just think about this for just a second. Thousands of people had seen, heard, and witnessed the miracles and the teachings of Jesus. 
Now, again, think about this for just a second. I want to give you an example of this. Think about in John chapter 6 where Jesus feeds the multitudes with five barley loaves and two fish. John does not tell us the exact number, but he says there were 5,000 men there. And folks, let's just suppose for every one of those 5,000 men, there would have been one woman and one child along with each of those 5,000 men. So the number immediately triples. I would think that at least 15,000 people experienced and witnessed the miracle of of the feeding of the multitude. But how many of those people believe that Jesus had been raised from the dead? Folks, think about this. How many people witnessed the death of Jesus on the cross? But yet, how many? Surely there were more than 120. How many people did Jesus appear to? Uh, appear to after his resurrection were according to 1 Corinthians 15, 6, there were over 500 and many of these at one time. And Paul writes in that place, most of whom are still alive. In other words, when Paul was writing the letter of 1 Corinthians, he's saying, I could tell you people that were there that saw the resurrected Lord. But yet, why were there only 120 people that assembled as that first church. Folks, what made the difference in these early disciples? And I want to tell you, the difference was in Acts 1, verse 3, and let me read that verse again. To them he presented himself alive after his passion by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days, speaking the kingdom of God. You remember last Sunday as we ended the message, we talked about, and I wanted this to be a challenge for you and for me, For the next 40 days, we would spend time with the resurrected Lord. We would spend time reading a chapter of Scripture a day and spend time in prayer. Folks, I truly believe whether it is 40 days or four hours or four minutes, when we sincerely come to the Lord Jesus Christ, when we sincerely open His Word and seek to find knowledge of Him, we'll know that He's alive. And let me ask you again. I'm going to ask you this even as a Christian. Is he alive in your life today? You might say, well, I'm born again. I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a church member. But is Jesus walking with you every single day? Do we invite him every place we go? Do we invite him to come watch TV with us or read the books and magazines that we read? Do we know that he knows our thoughts and what's in our hearts Folks, some days we don't like for him to walk with us. But Jesus is alive. For 40 days, Luke says, Jesus presented himself alive after his passion by many proofs. And the King James translates that many infallible proofs. There was no doubt in those early disciples that Jesus had died on the cross, but he'd been raised from the dead on the third day. And I don't believe that Luke here is implying that Jesus was with his disciples 24-7 for 40 days. But Jesus came and went. The believers never knew when he might show up. But folks, was this not preparation for the early church and for our church? The days were coming soon when Jesus would no longer be with them personally to instruct them, but Jesus would send the Holy Spirit that he mentions in Acts 1, 5, and 8 to empower them and fill them. But folks, what happened during those 40 days? 
And that's why I wanted you to have this little insert. And I'm just going to quickly read this. Because, folks, you know, I'll be honest. I have not taken time to just sit down and look at what the Scripture tells us happens. And, folks, listen, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell us some of the details that happened during these 40 days. And if you got that little insert, <laughs> I, I'm from South Carolina, y'all forgive me, but I double dared, I double dog dare you to read these passages of Scripture that's in here. Jesus appeared for 40 days after he had been resurrected from the dead before he ascended back into heaven, according to Acts 1:11. What happened during those 40 days? Just look at this. That first Sunday morning, and I'm not going to read the scripture, but I just want to just look at these. That first Sunday morning of the resurrection, an angel rolled away the stone from Jesus' tomb before sunrise. Women who followed Jesus visited Jesus' tomb and discovered him missing. Now again, just listen to the details. When they first got there, they did not see the Lord. Mary Magdalene left to tell Peter and John what? The body's gone. Somebody has stolen the Lord's body. The other women remained at the tomb, saw two angels who told them about the resurrection. Let me ask you something. If two angels told you about an event that had taken place, would you believe them? Peter and John visit the tomb. Mary Magdalene returns to the tomb, and Jesus appears to her alone in the garden. And you'll notice that was the first appearance, it seems, of the resurrected Lord, and it was to Mary Magdalene. What a powerful story that is. Jesus appears to the other women, Mary, the mother of James, Salome, and Joanna. Those who guarded Jesus' tombs reported to the religious rulers how the angel had rolled the stone away, and then they were bribed. Jesus appears to Peter. And then that afternoon, that Sunday afternoon, Jesus appears to the two men on the road to Emmaus. We're going to study this passage of Scripture, and it is a powerful, powerful passage of Scripture. That night, after Jesus has been with the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, these two disciples come back to Jerusalem and tell the disciples, we have seen the Lord. Then the Lord appears to the ten disciples with Thomas present. The following Sunday, with, with Thomas absent, excuse me, not present. The following Sunday, Jesus appears to the 11 apostles, including Thomas, and Thomas believes. And folks, what I wanted you to see, the following 32 days, Jesus appears to seven disciples by the Sea of Galilee and performs a miracle of fish. Jesus appears to 500. Jesus appears to his half-brother James. At Jerusalem, Jesus appears to his disciples. On the Mount of Olives, Jesus ascended into heaven while his disciples watched. Now, folks, let me ask you something. Could a dead Jesus show himself for 40 days? And, folks, listen, I think about the Apostle Paul. And I don't know exactly how many days after these 40 days that Jesus appeared to him on the road to Damascus. But it changed Paul's life. As you read the book of Acts, there are several other times that the Lord comes and stands with, with Paul and says, I know that your way is hard and difficult, but I'm going to be with you. And I've heard people that I do not think are crazy have said, I have seen the Lord. How about you and I? Perhaps we've not seen his physical body, but in our hearts and minds, we knew that it was the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Folks, let me point something out. The Word of God documents for 40 days that Jesus presented himself alive to the disciples. Do you believe this? I do. And I'm not saying I'm special because I do. I simply believe it. I believe the testimonies of these men that wrote Scripture. I believe the testimony of people like Mary who says, I have seen the Lord. We need to tell the world that he is alive and we have seen him. Not because we're Baptist, but because we are his children and we know him. And folks, that is the job of this church is to bear witness. You know, the, the early disciples, their primary purpose was to bear witness. We have seen the Lord. That was the criteria as you read the latter part of chapter 1 of the book of Acts as they choose someone to replace Judas. The primary criteria is that there would be a person that would know that Jesus was alive because they'd seen him. But folks, let me move on. Let me, let me give you, I want, to, I want us to examine in the coming weeks, and I don't know how long we'll do this, but I want to examine some of the passages of Scripture that tell us about those that saw Jesus alive after his resurrection. And I want to tell you one of the most thrilling stories is the story about the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. And I'm going to read this, and we'll get started on this, but we'll, we'll get back on this next week, okay? But in Luke chapter 24, verses 13 to 35, and I'm going to be reading this out of the Living Bible. If you'll turn to that passage of Scripture, it's going to be on the overhead. But folks, just, if, if you will, just take time to read this story. It is absolutely phenomenal, all right? Remember, again, that this is on that first morning. Okay, just follow. You can look at the over screen overhead if you don't have your Bible with you. Okay, this again is out of the Living Bible. That same day, Sunday, two of Jesus' followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles out of Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking of Jesus' death when suddenly Jesus himself came along and joined them and began walking beside them. But they didn't recognize him for God kept them from it. You seem to be in a deep discussion about something, he said. What are you so concerned about? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. And one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hadn't heard about the terrible things that happened there last week. What things, Jesus asked? The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did incredible miracles and was a mighty teacher, highly regarded by both God and man. But the chief priest and our religious leaders arrested him and handed him over to the Roman government to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had thought he was the glorious Messiah and that he had come to rescue Israel. And now besides all of this, which happened three days ago, listen to that which happened three days ago. They had heard that Jesus had said, perhaps they heard it from his own lips, I'll die, but in three days I'll rise again. And they said, it's three days. It's three days. Some women from our group of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and came back with an amazing report that his body was missing and that they had seen some angels there who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men went out to see, and sure enough, Jesus' body was gone, just as the women had said. Then Jesus said to them, you are such foolish, foolish people. You find it so hard to believe all the prophets wrote in the scriptures. 
Wasn't it clearly predicted by the prophets that the Messiah would have to suffer all these things before entering his time of glory? Then Jesus quoted them passage after passage from the writings of the prophets, beginning with the book of Genesis and going right on through the scriptures, explaining what the passages meant and what they said about himself. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus, and at the end of their journey, Jesus would have gone on. But they begged him to stay the night with them as it was getting late. So he went home with them, and they sat down to eat. He asked God's blessings on the food and then took a small loaf of bread and broke it and was passing it over to them. When suddenly it was as though their eyes were open, they recognized him, and at that moment he disappeared. Listen to this. They began telling each other how their hearts had felt strangely warm as he talked with them and explained the scriptures during the walk down the road. Within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem where the 11 disciples and the other followers of Jesus greeted them. Now, folks, listen to this. Listen to this. Can you imagine those two guys? They are so excited. Man, we've seen the risen Lord. We just cannot wait to get back to Jerusalem. And as they bust into the place, the other followers greeted them with these words before they could speak. The Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. Then the two from Emmaus told their story of how Jesus had appeared to them as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus, they're telling about Jesus when suddenly Jesus is standing there and he greets them. I'll share this and I'm going to close, okay? How many times have we read this passage of Scripture? Multitude of times. How many times have you read the Gospel of Luke? But let me tell you what happened this week. I got to looking at this passage of Scripture and, and Luke wants us to know that it was seven miles from Jerusalem to Emmaus. Now, how did they get from Jerusalem to Emmaus? They walked. I, I know that's not a hard question, but they walked. You know how far seven miles is? If you go out this door right here and start walking toward Durham, seven miles is at that shoe store out there on Durham Road, okay, because we got somebody who works at the Booter. I don't know if she's here or not. I don't want to call the name of competition, but it's right past Ronnie's appliance, okay, all right. How long would it take to walk from here to there for you? I, now, if I'm turkey hunting, I can walk fast, but if I'm just got to walk seven miles. And, folks, do you get the picture? Y'all don't give up on me yet. Okay, I, this is a point in this, all right? If you're discussing something like this that has happened, can you imagine how often they stopped and looked? I just cannot believe this. I just cannot believe this. And then some stranger comes up to them, and he's starting to ask questions, and they're thinking, man, where have you been? How long do you think it would have taken them to make that seven-mile trip? Let's just say they could have walked a mile in 30 minutes, three and a half hours. Let me ask you something. If you walked with somebody for three and a half hours talking to them, would that person not be real to you? 
You know, if we don't know the reality of Jesus' presence, it's not because he's not with us. And it's not because God wants to keep us from that knowledge. Folks, we need to do some walking with Jesus and some talking with Jesus. These two men, can you imagine how heartbroken they were when they left Jerusalem? Man, they were going to give their life to this man, Jesus. He's dead. He's gone. And they're going home, defeated, frustrated, and sad. But Jesus walks with them. Folks, the church of Jesus Christ might face days of frustration and discouragement, but we should never lose hope because Jesus wants to walk with us. Let's pray together. Father, Lord, I thank you for your word. I thank you most of all for the reality of the presence of your son. And Father, I pray that as we study about these things that happened after the resurrection, we would be assured again that Jesus is the eternal son of God. He is the savior of the world. He is the one who ascended back into heaven, awaiting the time in which the father will send him for his church and for all who have trusted him. Father, help us to be busy about your work. But Lord, help us to realize that we don't have a message until we have walked with you and we know on a one-on-one basis that you're alive. And Lord, we're so tempted to make a profession of faith and then get busy about life again and just leave you at the church. But, Father, I pray that we wouldn't do that. Lord, I pray today when we leave this place, we would invite you to walk with us and to make yourself known every day, every moment. And, Lord, help us to understand this is not about being some type of religious fanatic or nut, but this is about experiencing the resurrected Lord as he desires us to experience his presence every day. I pray, Father, that if there are those here that have never publicly professed their faith in Christ, or perhaps those that are here today and and they know that they need you, they just don't know how to reach out to you, I pray, Father, that you will help them to, to acknowledge that they are lost in their sin and that they cannot save themselves, but they believe that your living Son is the way, the truth, and the life, and the way to the Father. Father, help them trust your Son. May your will be done during these moments of invitation. For we ask in Jesus' name, amen.